0: Nehemiah and God's people pressed through the opposition of their enemies, but their enemies did not give up easily. Sanballat and Tobiah did everything within their power to discourage, distract, and discredit Nehemiah. But Nehemiah refused to allow his enemies to talk him out of the work God had given him. This week, how to remain focused and finish strong in the midst of distractions. Building a Legacy. The story of Nehemiah morning, Orchard Church. Take out your Bibles this morning, turn to Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 1. You guys feeling good today? Hopefully you're enjoying your extra hour of sleep that you got last night. Some of y'all are still hopped up on Halloween candy because you stole some <laughs> of your kids' candy. And so you guys should be feeling really good, unless you made the mistake that I made And I knew that I got an extra hour of sleep, so I stayed up an hour later on Saturday night than I normally stay up. Anybody make that mistake and do that? Yeah, so I kind of canceled it out. But we're glad you guys are here today. Today we are concluding our teaching portion of our Legacy Campaign. It'll be the last week we'll be in Nehemiah as well. And then next Sunday, this week we've been preparing for for about seven weeks now, we will be having Commitment Sunday toward leaving a Legacy here at Orchard Church. Is anybody besides me excited about that next Sunday, all right? You should be excited about that. I had somebody this week said, boy, I hope we don't have like our lowest attendance of the fall next Sunday on Commitment Sunday. And I said, I hope we have the largest attendance of the fall because we get to join God where he's at work. And it's going to be a, it's going to be an exciting, historic day in the life of our church. You don't want to miss it. Amen? Amen? So don't be afraid. It's going to be awesome next week. I do want to say this. If you're a first-time guest, thanks for being our guest here at Orchard Church. Uh, you are catching us at the very tail end of our legacy campaign. And we're talking about some things on Sunday morning we don't normally talk about, but this is a historic time for our church. We just celebrated our 10th anniversary and everything that God has done for 10 years. Now we're preparing for the next 10 years, next 20 years. God's given us the opportunity uh, to build our first permanent facility and to leave a legacy on this land that we own next door. So kind of bear with us as we talk about some of these things this morning. I want you to just be at ease. We're not interested in your money guests at all today. We're just glad that you're here. Amen, Orchard Church. Welcome our guests this morning. We're glad you're here. You guys are here. So today, um, as we finish up the teaching, we're going to talk about finishing strong. Because it's not how you start, it's how you finish. Amen? And so we want to talk about finishing strong. Boy, we're seeing this with the Broncos right now. I mean, we're off to a great start. We're 6-0. I've never seen people so scared and discouraged about their team that is 6-0 and undefeated. Because we've got this great start, but so many people are worried, are we going to finish strong? And we'll find out tonight how strong we're going to finish. Now, I've yet to make a prediction this year on any of the games, but I feel like God laid one on my heart. So here, this means nothing, but I'm going to share it with you anyway, maybe just to encourage you to have some hope. I, I'm going to call the score tonight 23 to 20 Broncos in overtime. Okay? Would that be okay? So, we'll, we'll see what happens. Now, if I nail that, then you, know, you guys got to double your legacy commitment next Sunday. <laughs> Okay, just throwing that that in there because you know that that God gave me that, all right? So, you know, as we think about the Legacy Campaign, we are off to an amazing start, just like Nehemiah with the the wall and building that, but we want to make sure that we finish strong. If you haven't been here, we're talking about the story of Nehemiah. Nehemiah was just a regular, ordinary guy that God called him to an extraordinary work. Um, He was living in the Persian Empire. He was the cupbearer to King Artaxerxes in about 444 B.C., and he was a Jew. He was a miles away from his homeland of Jerusalem and he gets word that the walls of Jerusalem are still destroyed and they're down the defenses of Israel is down they're discouraged they're defeated they're feeling hopeless and God lays on his heart to take a thousand mile journey back to Jerusalem and do what nobody thought possible to not only rebuild the walls of Jerusalem but to do it in an astonishing 52 days and when he heard what was going on he said somebody's got to do something about about this, help me church, it might as well be me. And God is doing amazing things through the life and the work of Nehemiah. He's truly building and has left a legacy that we're talking about today. But it has not been without challenges and without opposition. Because last week as he was building the wall, the enemies came. They tried to stop it, the enemies of, of uh, Israel. And They faced all this opposition, but they didn't stop the work. And and what we said last week is that you don't face opposition because you're doing something wrong. You face opposition when you're trying to do something wrong. Right. Well, today we're going to see that opposition continue in this story. Today there's going to be a little bit of a twist. There's a little bit of a soap opera moment. We're going to see a little murder plot in this story today. A little Jerry Springer moment. A little Walking Dead twist moment. If some of y'all know what I'm talking about. And if you do, let me just throw this in there. He's not dead. Okay? Walking Dead people know what I'm talking about. This is... He's not. I'm just telling you. I, I, I don't believe it. But here's the deal. This is like the moment in the story where you kind If you had the music like bump, 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 that would be this moment that we're going to see today. So let's jump right into our story as we see Nehemiah finish strong. Nehemiah chapter six, verse one. It says, now it happened when Sambalot and Tobiah, yes, those are our bad guys. You remember from last week. Geshem, the Arab and the rest of our enemies heard that I had rebuilt the wall and that there was no breaks left in it, though at that time I had not hung the doors in the gates. So in other words, the wall is finished now. The only thing left to do is to hang the doors and the gates. I mean, he's very close to the end, but not quite there. Just like our legacy campaign. We're right here at the end of the teaching, and next week is our commitment. And here's what you got to know, Orchard Church. This is important. Here is your key thought for today. It's in your notes. Get it down. The closer you get to doing what God wants done, the harder your enemy will fight to stop you. If anybody knows what I'm talking about, say Yes. yes. The closer you get to doing what God wants done, the harder your enemy will fight to stop you. Not because you're doing something wrong, but because you're trying to do something right. And so here Nehemiah is. The wall is finished, but they just got to put the doors and gates up. And you're going to see today the enemy turns up the heat. To try to stop what God is doing. We see this happen in people's lives. We're going to get in small group. We're going to get connected with other believers. And then you get off work late the night of small group. Or your kids get sick. You, you say, we want to better our marriage. And we know that if we're in church and we're doing our marriage God's way instead of our way, we're going to have a better marriage. And so on the way to church to try to do what is right, you, all hell breaks loose in the car. And you get in this huge fight. Now, I know that would never happen to anyone here at Orchard Church. But at other churches... Marriages have been known to experience fights on the way to church, which is exactly why Shelly and I never drive together to church. We take separate vehicles because it'd be really bad if the pastor got a fight with his wife on the way to church. You know, you're trying to lose weight. You're trying to lose 30, 40, 50 pounds, and you got all your weight lost, but the last 10 pounds... And then there's a sale on Twinkies at Walmart, you know, it's like buy a box, get 20 free or, you know, the pumpkin spice latte comes back out for the fall season or it's Halloween and your kids, you know, like have a pillowcase full of candy and and the enemy tries to to stop you from doing what God is doing. The closer you get to, to doing what God wants done, the harder your enemy will fight to stop you. We saw this happen just this week. Um, we, we've been trying to follow the biblical model of 1 Chronicles chapter 28 and 29. and Exodus 35, when they built the tabernacle and they built the temple. And when they gave their offering sacrificially to God's work, like we're going to do next Sunday for Legacy Campaign. What we see when they built the temple, David gathered the leaders, the core leaders of the nation of Israel first. And they made their commitments as, a, as an example of sacrifice to the rest of the nation of Israel. Last week on Monday night, our staff got together, our executive council and building team. There was about uh, 19 families, 19 couples represented, and our staff committed almost $300,000 over and above the regular tithes and offerings to Legacy for the next three years. Just our staff alone and executive council, $300,000. And then... Three days later on Thursday night, we invited a larger group of leaders that are serving and faithful here at Orchard Church, and there was about uh, 58 of them that committed 1.1 million dollars over and above their regular tithes and offerings. So right now, before we even take our full commitments as a church next Sunday, we already have 1.4 million dollars committed over and above regular tithes and offerings to the Legacy Campaign. Can we celebrate that, Orchard Church? Is that awesome or what? But it has not been without opposition because Shelly and I knew what God had been laying on our heart to, to not just tithe but be twithers to give 20% to legacy campaign over and above of our regular giving for the next three years. And we had, had this is what God has led us to do and our, our commitment. And Monday night we were going to make our commitment with everybody else. And I got a phone call from the renter of our house we still own in Pueblo. And they said, hey, we hate to tell you this, but the furnace is out. The morning before our commitment, but we didn't change our commitment. We just knew that's the enemy trying to discourage us. As we were arriving Thursday night, I had two or three people said, you would not believe what has gone on this week as we got ready to come to make our commitment. An unexpected bill showed up or, or things have changed in a job. But they said, you know what? We know that this is just the enemy trying to stop what God is doing. Amen? And and nobody changed their, their commitment. So you just need to know that when you're trying to do work for God, the closer you get to doing what God wants done, the harder your enemy is going to fight to stop you. I want to look at two ways in this story today. Your enemy is going to try to stop God's work. Your enemy has a strategy. Number one in your notes, your enemy will try to distract you. The closer you get to doing what God wants, your enemy is going to try to distract you. Look at how the enemies try to distract Nehemiah and the Jews. It says in verse 2 of chapter 6, that Sambalot and Geshem sent to me saying, Hey, come let us meet together among the villages in the plain of what? Oh, no, but they thought to do me harm. Okay, scriptural principle, spiritual principle. Anytime your enemy wants to meet with you in a place called Oh, no. (laughs) That ought to be a red flag. And Nehemiah's like, oh, no, we're not meeting a place called oh, No, And they're trying to distract him from doing what God had called them to do to finish the wall. And there's going to be legacy uh, distractions. I promise you, this week, you're going to experience them. Some of you probably, let me ask you this. How many of you have already started experiencing some distractions as you're getting ready to com- make your commitment next week? Raise your hand. Raise them up high. Look, all around. And if you haven't yet, be ready this week because the closer you get to making a faithful, sacrificial commitment, going to be distraction. There's going to be some unexpected expense. There's going to be some luxury item that gets your attention and you think, well, I could buy that if I don't make a commitment. Maybe your money is in the market and it's volatile and you're not sure what that's going to do. We're probably going to see a plunge in the market next week. There's a little holiday coming up if you hadn't noticed or you will be very soon called Christmas. And there's expenses with Christmas. And I mean, after all, we have to give extravagant gifts to each other on Jesus' birthday. Or maybe you do what some of our families in our church said. You know, this year, instead of us spending all this extravagant money on ourselves on Jesus' birthday, we're going to give it to the one whose birthday it really is. Amen. You know that uh, America is a very generous com- uh, country when it comes to, to giving to chari- charity. I looked this up. Last year, the U.S. gave $358 billion to charity here and around the world, more than any other country in the world. Now, that's, that's a great until you hear this, you know how much we spent on Christmas alone last year on ourselves, $750 billion. We just spent $70 billion on Halloween, not God's holiday. And so just know there's going to be distractions. Maybe you're getting ready to, you know, prepare for retirement and you're like, well, I don't know if we can make much of a commitment because we got to be ready for that. Shelly and I, I'll just be honest with you as we were asking God, what do you want us to do? We were thinking about the fact that we have a son that's in college and we want to try to pay for that and be debt free and we, 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 we played that into it. But you know what? The truth is this. This is what Shelly and I said. There's always something, isn't there? There's always something to distract us if we allow it to. Or we can say, you know what, I'm going to do what God leads me to do like Nehemiah did and I'm not going to give in to these distractions. So be ready to face some distractions this week. But then I hope we'll all respond the way Nehemiah did. Look at how he responded. Here's what he said. I'm not coming down. I am not coming down from this wall to stop God's work because of these distractions. Look at verse 3 and 4. So I sent messengers to them. They're trying to get him to come to this meeting. But I sent messengers to them. Messengers to them saying, I am doing, help me church, I'm doing a great work. This is. This wasn't Nehemiah's idea, this wasn't the Jews' idea, this was God's idea. This was a great God-sized work so that I cannot, what church, I cannot... Come down. Nehemiah says, I am not going to give in to your distractions. I'm not going to go to your meeting. I can't come down because of this great work. Why should I leave the work or let the work cease while I leave it and go down to you? But they sent me this message. How many times? Four times they tried to distract me to get me to go to this meeting. And I answered them in the same manner. I'm not coming down. I'm not coming down. I'm not coming down. I'm not coming down. The work is too great that God has called me to do and be a part of. We see this same phrase when David led the nation of Israel to build the first temple. To build that temple, he said to the nation of Israel, Join me in this work that is great, this great work of God. And I believe that what God has called us to as a church in this community is a great work. And I would hope some of you would agree with me. This is a great work. It is a great opportunity. There are thousands of people in our community that still don't know Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And I'm going to keep saying this number, and I hope God will impress this number upon your heart. 55,000 unchurched people within a 10-minute drive of Prairie View High School. And our land next door, we're going to put our first permanent facility. It's a great work that God has given us. God has given us a great work and a great vision. And Orchard Church, make no mistake about it, for us to see God do something God-sized, to leave a legacy, to build a legacy like Nehemiah did, it is going to take our best faith-filled sacrificial commitments that we can make. We have a goal, a God-sized goal of, to raise 3 to $5 million over the next three years, over and above the regular tithes and offerings. If you have not received one of these yet, we've been giving these out the last couple of weeks. This is our campaign uh, brochure. It tells you everything about legacy and what God is doing. You can pick one up on the tables in the back or our God questions table. And then inside of this is a commitment card. We'll give one of these to all of you next Sunday because you'll all be here next Sunday. Amen. Okay, that wasn't encouraging. All right. I'm just going to act like I didn't hear that. So we're all going to be here and I, I just want, here's what I want you to really pay attention to on your commitment card as you look at this, as you, as you pick these up, to do these three things as you prepare, as we prepare our hearts next week to take this step of faith to join God in this great work in this community. Number one, most important, pray. Amen? Pray. Because except the Lord builds the house, we labor in vain to do anything so pray and again don't pray what can I do what do I want to do God what do you want me to do God what are you laying on my heart and be willing to align your heart with God's plans and God's purposes take a step of faith make that sacrifice listen to what he says number two prepare to sacrifice nothing of any significance has ever happened in the Bible without people sacrificing and the most significant thing was the sacrifice that Jesus Christ made for our salvation and we get an opportunity to sacrifice for the one who sacrificed all for us. I love the definition of sacrifice. It's giving up something you love for something you love even more. So prepare to make a sacrifice in order for us to stay relevant in our outreach to people with the gospel in this community. And then number three, don't, don't miss this one. Expect a miracle. And these are all right on the card. Expect a miracle. Whatever, wherever God guides, He provides. Amen? He's not gonna ask you to do something that He's not going to supernaturally provide. And if it doesn't make sense to you, then you know you're probably on the right track because it's a step of faith. It's, It's a sacrifice and expect that God is going to do great things. Leave room for faith in your commitment. Please, leave room for faith and sacrifice in your commitment as we come next week. And whatever God lays on your heart to give, Respond in faith to that and say like Nehemiah, I'm not coming down. I'm not coming down. I challenged our leadership that committed the other night. I said if between uh, tonight's commitment and commitment Sunday on the 8th, if God prompts you to maybe raise your commitment in order for it to be a commitment that's truly pleasing to the Lord and God-led and not led by you, if God prompts you to raise that, then say, okay, I, I'm gonna take that step of faith. But, but don't come down. If you feel like you're supposed to come down from your commitment, Don't listen to that. That's not God. Amen? That's somebody else. That's the enemy. And say like Nehemiah, I'm not coming down. We also want to invite you guys to pray together as a church. Hopefully many of you have been doing our 40 uh, days of prayer. It's on orchardlegacy.com. Next week, from Friday night at 6 p.m. to Saturday at 6 p.m., we're going to do a 24 hours of prayer and fasting for our legacy campaign. And you can join us in that. You can actually go online and sign up. There's 30-minute increments all hours of the night. Little hint, the earlier you sign up, the better time you get, okay? Or you're going to be stuck with 2 or 3 in the morning. But, but sign up for that. And let's pray and let's fast to, that God will do something God-sized. And then as we come together as a church family, next week on a historic day, we're able to make our faith-filled sacrificial commitments to the Lord I want you to be praying and preparing to make the the largest faith-filled sacrificial commitment possible the commitment of a lifetime and then also we're gonna take a first fruit offering be prepared to make the largest first fruit offering towards your commitment that you can possibly make next Sunday as part of your commitment you say why are we doing a first fruit offering so that we're all in from day one amen we're off. We got a good start. We've got good traction. We we get get off running. I, I would encourage you, challenge you to be thinking. Because I've had a lot of people ask me this question. Well, what? amount should I give of my first fruits? I would encourage you to try to think in terms of 10 to 20% of your overall commitment to try to make that next week. Shelly and I, that's what we're doing. We're giving 10% of our overall commitment next week in our first fruit offering. And we believe we may be looking at a three dollars to $500,000 first fruit offering next week which would save us two to $300,000 in interest that we will not have to pay because we won't roll that into the loan. If that makes sense, say yes. So wouldn't that be awesome if we got off to that kind of start? We actually have had a couple, several families in our church said, we cannot be there next Sunday. We already had some plans. They've already given us their first fruit offering. I think last we checked, we already have like $50,000, $60,000 in first fruit offering by a few families already given. Can we celebrate that, Orchard yeah. Church? That is awesome. That is awesome. But just know, whenever you're trying to do work for God, and the closer you get to doing what God wants done, The harder your enemy is going to fight to stop you. Say like Nehemiah, this work is too great. It's too significant. It has eternal consequences, value, and rewards attached to it. I'm not coming down. And when your enemy tries to distract you, let's remember what legacy is really all about. And it's about stories, just like this one.
1: I grew up in a Catholic church, so pretty much since I was born I was in church every Sunday for my whole life.
2: My first interaction with Jesus was uh, a little bus that went around my neighborhood when I was a kid. It was called the Bible time bus and talked to you know kids about Jesus. So for the first part of our marriage we were not so much in church, we rarely attended, and that was part of the reason why our marriage kind of went. Sideways, really
1: I don't think we knew um, what marriage was supposed to be when we when we got married in the first place I mean we I remember we went to a marriage counseling before we got married, but to really know what God wants for marriage, I don't think we really had much of an idea.
2: Our marriage was full of deceit, it was full of just dishonesty, just not knowing what the yeah. other person's doing or a lot of times not knowing what you're doing because you know you're hurt, and and the pain is you know um, in a marriage is 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 it's real and it's it's heavy. We always knew we loved each other. Um, it just we we didn't know how to we didn't know how to get past the hurt that kept happening.
1: We had problems with substance abuse and. I think a lot of bitterness started piling up over the years and bitterness on top of bitterness on top of bitterness on top of bitterness. It just created walls that we just couldn't let down. We felt like there was absolutely no possible way, no possible way of healing. There, Those walls were too high. It was too hard to break through.
2: The night before we were going to sign divorce papers, I was living with my dad, she was still home. We had gone through probably the last go-around that we were going to be able to do. The kids were hurting, we were hurting. I had uh, the papers filled out and um, get ready to go there the next day and sit down and sign. And I just dropped to my knees and just started praying to God. I know that I've messed it up, but I mean, is there anything that He can do? This, this can't be what He wanted for me and for my family. God, please take my mistakes and forgive me and let me move forward fresh and new and and just started to realize that that's why he sent Jesus was so that I could have that second chance and I went the next day to meet her and I said I don't want to sign papers I want to start over new and I want God in, in charge of it
1: I didn't believe it at first because we've been back and forth so many times and I was like you know what Ooh, I don't I don't believe this and I wasn't clean with myself yet all the way even through that first part of the, the time that he didn't give up on me and he st- stood by me and sometimes I don't know how but um, he did and he taught me he taught me um, how to be have a love Christ again he taught me that because he was showing me that as an example he he went from being um, kind of a wreck to this amazing um, role model and leader of the house and everybody that saw him saw that change.
2: It wasn't until my I'm almost lost my family and my marriage that I dropped to my knees and understood life and and what it meant to have Jesus here to save me and how bad I needed him. It was a Easter, Easter Sunday, Sunday and it was kind of like um, a surprise, really. And he said, "Anybody wants to be baptized?" They gave us T-shirts and we went.
1: Being able to actually choose that um, outwardly appearance of faith
2: was wonderful. We recently moved from Buffalo Run to here and and we wanted to make sure we stayed in um, the same neighborhood that Orchard Church was in so that we could continue to go to Orchard Church. Orchard Church has has helped me through um, not just my marriage but my spiritual growth.
1: Orchard Church to me is seriously a vessel that God is using to reach the community. I mean, I'm am, I am absolutely living proof of that. God's promises have come true because we gave ourselves to Him, we got rid of the disruptive behavior and we started to see some blessings happening. An Orchard Church is a huge, huge part of that.
0: We celebrate that. An awesome story. Amen. know when the enemy tries to discourage me and question the legacy campaign and what it's all about I just I just hear stories like that and that keeps me going it keeps me going because that's what legacy leaving a legacy is really all about it's seeing lives changed through the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ and for his honor and glory so just but just know orchard whenever you're trying to do a great work for God the closer you get to doing what God wants done the harder the enemy is going to fight to stop you He's not only going to try to distract you. Here's a second thing we see in this story. Not only did the enemy try to distract Nehemiah, he tried to discredit Nehemiah. Your enemy will try to discredit you. And he'll do this in a couple of ways. One way is by spreading rumors, by spreading rumors. And these enemies try to spread rumors about Nehemiah. Watch what happens in verse 5. It says Then Sambalot sent his servant to me as before, the fifth time to try to distract him, with an open letter in his hand. Now, this open letter would usually, letters were sealed and they Would only be for one person. Because it was an open letter during this time, it meant it was to be read publicly before everybody. They're going to try to discredit him and tear down his testimony. This would be like today, it would be like putting it on Facebook or a blog post. And here's what the letter said it is reported among the nations, and Geshem says, now Geshem, good guy or bad guy? Bad guy. Okay, Geshem says that you and the Jews plan to rebel. Therefore, according to these rumors. You are rebuilding the wall that you may be their king. Nehemiah, you're just doing this so you can be the king of Israel. And you also appointed prophets to proclaim concerning you at Jerusalem, saying, there's a king in Judah. Now these matters will be reported to the king. We're going to tell the king. So come, therefore, and let us consult together. Let's talk about this. Let's straighten this out. They said, you're trying to do this for personal gain. And this was so untrue. This was a false rumor about Nehemiah. If you go back and read chapter 5, what you're going to find is Nehemiah was one of the most self-sacrificing leaders in the Bible. He was doing all of this work on his own dime, his own money, his own resources. He was helping the poor. He was helping the Jews to get out of debt. They made him the governor at that time, and the governor had all these special privileges at his disposal, and Nehemiah said, no, I'm not going to take any of these. I'm not going to take any special privileges. I'm I'm not going to compromise in that way so you can discredit me. And then go look what happens in verse 8. It says... Nehemiah, then I sent to him, saying, No such things as you say are being done, but you what? You invent them in your own heart. You're making up these rumors. For they all were trying to make us afraid, saying, Their hands will be weakened in the work, and it will not be done. They're just trying to stop the work of God. Now, therefore, O God, strengthen my hands. What does Nehemiah do whenever he faces opposition? The same thing he did last week when he faced opposition. He gives it to God, and he gets back to work. He says, you're not going to discredit me with these rumors. You're not going to stop what God is trying to do. But the enemy is going to try. The closer we get, the harder he's going to fight with these rumors. You know, we haven't had a lot of rumors in the last 10 years here at Orchard Church. Uh, There was one that was going around for a while. And and I'm going to take you back. This was about five or six years ago. Whenever we decided to put up our first billboard in the community. How many of you guys have seen one of our Orchard Church billboards? There's one on 85. There's one on 76. And we've seen many people come to our church. Uh, through those billboards, but the first billboard we ever put up, we wanted to make a splash in the community. We wanted people to not be able to just drive by and miss it. So some of you will remember this. This was our first billboard. Do you remember this? It was it said, "Boycott the Orchard Church." Signed, Satan. And man, it got people's attention and it was, you know, kind of play on words and, and uh, it, it, we got a great response from it. It made all the news channels, all the major news channels in the city, it made national news in some places. I had friends of mine in ministry said, I saw your church. Aren't you guys in Brighton, Colorado? I saw it on the news. Well, people were blogging about it like on Nine News and responding and people were saying, oh, that's probably just another one of those big mega churches with a mega church pastor and they're like, no, he's a mini pastor, not a mega pastor. <laughs> And, yeah, and so people were right. And I didn't respond to any of it, but people in our church were responding to people I loved reading. It was hilarious. And they are like, he's probably just a mega pastor of some mega church who drives a Mercedes or, a, you know, a Ferrari. And they are like, he drives an old truck, you know. And our church at that time was like three or 400 uh, people. But it's funny how the enemy will try to use rumors uh, to discredit you and to, to bring you down. And I, I, I would say this, though. i got to be honest. Uh, You might need to pray for my wife, Shelly, because I I think I've come to the conclusion she does drive a luxury car. She drives an Elantra, Hyundai, Elantra. And, and the reason I call it a luxury car, because she had one request when I bought her that car, that it had butt warmers. She said, I've got to have seat warmers for the winter time. And I said, honey, that is a luxury item. And so that rumor is true. She, she drives a luxury car with her seat warmers, but she's happy. And so when mama's happy, everyone's happy. So, but there is, there is a rumor that's going around Orchard Church right now that you need to know about. Uh, a lot of people are talking about this, um, and, and you need to pray about this. Uh, Marcial, our Spanish pastor, thinks that he's Iron Man, yeah, and you know, we, we thought we were just playing a game and having a little fun with the men's retreat, but, but he's taking this thing a little bit too seriously, and we, we asked you guys to pray for him. We snapped this picture this week when he was working on his message for Spanish ministry, and so uh, that rumor, I think, might be true, so would you keep him in, in your prayers? Keep him in your prayers. But, uh, you know, when you're trying to leave a legacy, the enemy's going to try to stop you. He's going to try to discredit you. He's going to try to spread rumors. But I'm thankful, man. We have have some self-sacrificing leaders in this church that are committed. They're not doing this for personal gain. I was so blown away and encouraged what our leaders committed already. 1.4 million dollars. And they're making sacrifices over and above their regular tithes and offerings. I, had one, I heard about one young couple in our church. Uh, they are getting ready to get married. And they've been saving for their wedding, and they were planning to have this big, elaborate wedding and spend several thousand dollars. And they said, this is how God has spoken to them through Legacy Campaign. They said, you know what? We don't need to spend thousands and thousands of dollars on our wedding. We'd rather give that to Legacy Campaign, and we're just going to do a simple wedding in our backyard. Is that amazing or what? I was talking to another guy the other night and he said, i had been saving up a down payment for this truck I've always wanted. And he said, but my car is fine and it runs fine. So he goes, I'm just going to keep driving that for the next three years and I'm going to commit that to to legacy. Aren't you thankful, Orchard Church, we have a church of self-sacrificing leaders like Nehemiah? I am. We can celebrate that. I think we should. But our enemy is going to try to discredit us through rumors. And here's another way he's going to try to discredit us. By tempting us to compromise. He's going to try to tempt you to compromise. We see this in the story of Nehemiah. And here's where the twist comes in. Here's where the murder plot. Here's the dun-dun-dun-dun moment. Verse 10, it says, After I came to the house of Shammai, the son of Deliah, the the son of Behetabel, who was a secret informer. We've got a little secret agent now. And he said, because remember they had tried five times to get him to go to this meeting and he said, no, he wouldn't be distracted. So they hired this guy and he says, Nehemiah, let us meet together. Now this sounds spiritual. Where? In the house of God. Let's go into the temple together within the temple and let us close the doors of the temple. For they're coming to kill you, Nehemiah. They're going to try to take your life. Indeed, at night, they will come and kill you. Jump down to verse 12. We'll go back and catch verse 11 in a moment. Then I perceived, Nehemiah says, I perceived that God had not sent him at all, but that he pronounced this prophecy against me because Tobiah and Sambalot had hired him. Yeah, the bad guys. For this reason he was hired that I should be afraid and act that way and sin so that they might have a cause for an evil report that they might reproach me. Reproach is another word for discredit me. You see, because he was trying to get him to meet with him in the temple of God. Nehemiah was not a priest and only the priest was allowed to go into the temple and only the high priest was allowed to go in once a year, but they tried to trick him and they tried to say, well, they're going to kill you. They're going to take your life, Nehemiah. I mean, we've got to protect you and this was all just to try to discredit and kill and ruin his his testimony and Nehemiah would not compromise but your enemy will try to get you to compromise now Nehemiah could have done like some leaders well hey I'm the leader and I'm entitled to be protected I mean this is a work that God has called me to do and after all if I'm gone and I'm the leader this project is gonna fail and this needs me and he could have abused his power like a lot of leaders but he didn't he was unwilling to compromise And be discredited and distracted from the work that God had called him to do. And as we're trying to do a work from God, the enemy will try to tempt us to compromise in different ways. You know, Shelley and I could have looked at this legacy campaign and said, You know, our family took a huge step of faith. We had no idea where we were going to live, You know, where the finances were going to come from, where the church was going to be 10 years ago. And we've worked really hard and we've sacrificed a lot. And it, we could have said, you know, we, we've done our part for the last 10 years. Now it's Orchard Church's turn to do their part. You know, we've served, we've given, we've sacrificed. But we said, no, this, we're, this is our church too. This is our church family. We want to be a part of what God is doing and we're not coming down from our commitment. And it doesn't matter what anybody else does. This is what we're doing. And we've stayed true to that. And we're not going to compromise what God is calling us to do. And Orchard Church, I want to challenge you as you get ready to make your legacy commitment. Don't compromise on what God is calling you to do. And if I could just say something as lovingly as I can that I hope will challenge and help some of you guys. I've told you this before. We've, We've run the numbers. Based upon the median income of our community and the amount of people that we have attending church, if everyone that called Orchard Church their church family, their church home, and enjoys all the ministries of this church and what God is doing, if everyone just tithed, a tithe is giving 10% of your gross income to the God first, giving Him your first and your best and believing the rest will be blessed, being obedient to what you see all throughout the scriptures, before the law, during the law, after the law. If we all just did that, we'd have a completely paid-for debt-free building in two to three years. Yeah. You should say, wow. But that's not what's happening. And if I could lovingly say and challenge you with this, if all of God's people would just do the one thing that God has called us to do and stop compromising in that area of our life, we wouldn't even need the Legacy Campaign. And for some of you, I hope this will be a time you'll look back and you'll say, that was when I finally started being obedient to the one thing God has called me to do, to give my first and my best and believe the rest will be blessed. Because that's what he's called us to do. Because the Bible says the tithe is the Lord's, it's holy unto him. It doesn't even belong to us. God gives it to us as a test of our faith. And if we would all just step out, for some of you, that's what legacy is about. Just just step out and start tithing. And you can look back someday and go, that was a time when I really stepped out of faith and was obedient in a a way that I was supposed to be obedient anyway. Is that fair for me to say that, Orchard Church? Let's not compromise. And you're going to see God do amazing things in your life when when you take that step of faith. You can't outgive God. And He will bless you. He will take care of you if you step out in faith in that area of your life. It's not about what God wants from you. It's about what God wants for you. And I hope that will speak to some of you. How did Nehemiah respond to his enemies' attempts to discredit him through rumors and compromise? Here's what he said. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up. I'm going to finish strong. Look at verse 11, how he responds to the enemy's attacks. He said, should such... A man as I flee? And who is there such as I who would go into the temple to save his life? I will not go in. I will not go in. I will not give up. I'm not giving up on my good name. I'm not giving up my character. I'm not giving up my integrity. I'm not giving up on God's call. I'm not giving up on God the cause that God has called me to. I am going to leave a legacy. And he did, didn't he? And he said, I'm going to finish strong. Orchard Church, we've had many wins in the last 10 years, but we want to finish strong. We want to say like Nehemiah, I will not give up. I will not give up. We're going to finish strong. We're gonna build a facility that we can double our outreach in this community going from three service to two service. We're gonna see hundreds of thousands of lives changed to the power of the gospel. People that accept Christ, get baptized, get discipled. We're gonna plant many churches out of our church. That's why we're giving 10% of all of our legacy commitments we're gonna put into church planting because it's not just about this church. It's about planting other churches, disciple-making churches and and helping missionaries and start feeding sinners and being a a blessing to our community. And we've gotta be willing to say we're not gonna give up we're not gonna come down and we're not gonna give up we're, we're, we're gonna build not just a building we're gonna build a legacy and let's follow Nehemiah's example as we wrap up the story of Nehemiah what did we learn from Nehemiah when he heard what God was doing he sat down and he cried not for himself but for someone else he knelt down and he prayed but he was willing to stand up and act and he said somebody's got to do something about this and it might as well be me and then in the face of opposition He faced opposition, not because he was doing something wrong, but because he was doing something right. But in the face of opposition, we saw it last week, he remembered our Lord who is awesome and great. And he said, I'm going to fight for the cause. Orchard Church, the work that God has called us to is awesome and it is great. And it has eternal consequences, value and rewards attached. Our enemy is going to distract us. He's going to try to discredit us. But like Nehemiah, I hope we'll say, we won't come down. We won't come down. And we won't give up. I love what Paul said in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. He said this, So let's not get tired of doing what is what, church? What is good. At just the right time, we'll reap a harvest, a blessing, if we don't give up. We're going to turn that, God is gonna, through us is going to turn that field that's been harvesting crops into a harvest of souls for the kingdom. And we won't give up. God is not calling us... To just take up space on this earth for a period of time and then be gone. He's calling us to leave an eternal legacy. And look at how they finished the wall in verses 15 and 16. It says, so the wall was finished. They finished strong on the 25th day of Elul in the fifty in 52 days, an unbelievable amount of time. And it happened when all our enemies heard of it. And all the nations around us saw these things, that they were very disheartened in their own eyes. They were blown away with what God did through His people. For they perceived that this work was done by the Jews? No, that this work was done by Orchard Church? No, they perceived this work was done by our God, our faithful God. They perceived this was done by our God. One of these days, we're going to look back five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years from now. And our children are going to grow up in this new building. Our grandchildren grow up in this building. And we're going to talk about we were there at that historic time when we took sacrificial, faith-filled steps of faith and commitment. And we're not going to say, look what we did or look what I did. We're going to say, this work was done by our God, our faithful God. And we had the privilege of being a part of it. We had the privilege to be a That's what legacy is about. Heavenly <clears throat> Father, thank you for the challenge of Nehemiah. May we follow his example that when his enemies attacked, he was not distracted by them. He was not discredited by them. He would not come down and he would not go in. He would not give up. And may we follow his example as we prepare for our faith-filled legacy commitment. With heads bowed and eyes closed for just a moment, how many of you here this morning, as we continue an attitude of prayer, would say, you know, God has been speaking to my heart about the legacy campaign and, and making the commitment to advancing God's kingdom. I want to be a part of it and I want to make sure I finish strong. I want to make sure I make a commitment that is pleasing to the Lord and I'm not going to compromise and I'm not going to come down. I will be obedient to what God lays on my heart. Can I pray for you, Orchard Church? Would you slip up your hand all across this auditorium? God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Hands are everywhere. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray that we would be excited and thrilled to come next Sunday and make our faith filled sacrificial commitments to you. And that we would not come down and we would not give up and that we would finish strong. Lord, I I know that the enemy is going to attack this week. He's going to try to to distract us from doing what you've called us to do. But we pray that we would remember greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And that we would finish strong. I I pray even for some of our leaders who've already committed that maybe are feeling that the commitment they made wasn't a step of faith. Maybe it wasn't a sacrifice. But maybe you're just stretching their faith a little more to, to do something different that's truly pleasing to you. And I, I believe and trust that they will respond in faith and obedience. Knowing, God, that we can never outgive you. It's, and knowing, God, that it's, it's so much easier to live on 90% that's blessed than 100% that's not blessed by you. I pray, God, that we would continue to be faithful in the one thing you've called us to in our tithes to give to you first and best, believing the rest will be blessed. And that we would bring a sacrifice next week that is pleasing to you for the advancement of your kingdom and for our King. As we continue in attitude of prayer, if you're here today and you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, let me say something to you that I want you to hear loud and clear. God is not interested in a dime of your money today. He's interested in your heart. He's interested in your life. And that's the only commitment He's looking for from you today is that you commit your life to Him. And I want you to know that if you've never done that, you have an enemy right now that wants to keep you right where you are, lost and separated from your God and your Creator. And he's going to do everything he can to distract you from putting your faith in Christ. He's going to distract you by making you think you're not good enough or you've done too much bad. Or or, or he's going to distract you with religion instead of a relationship with Jesus. We don't offer religion at Orchard Church. We offer a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And if that's you today, you're ready to begin that relationship. I want to lead you in a prayer of faith right now. It's not a magic prayer or magic words. This prayer will not save you, but the faith and belief you put behind it will. And if that's you today, would you pray this prayer from your heart to God's right now and accept Him as your Lord and Savior? It goes like this. Jesus, I do believe in you. I believe you died on the cross for me. Jesus, would you come into my life, be my Lord, be my Savior, forgive me of my sins. I commit my life to you, the one who gave his life for me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. With well, heads about nice, so eyes closed, nobody looking around for just a moment. I don't want to embarrass anybody, but I'd love the privilege and honor to pray for you. If you just prayed that prayer of faith for the first time, I'd love to pray that you would grow in your relationship with Jesus from this day forward. Would you slip up your hand so I could see it? If you pray that, God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Anyone else? God bless you. Thank you. Yes, God bless you. Sir, God bless you. Several people. Anyone else? Yes, I prayed that prayer of faith. Would you pray for me? Several people, thank you. Let me pray for you. Father, I just rejoice and we celebrate with the angels in heaven, those putting their faith and trust in you today. They've made the greatest commitment that they could ever make. Lord, we pray that they grow in their relationship with you from this day forward. I pray that these commitments we're seeing today will remind us of the great work that you call us to in this community to see hundreds of thousands of people in our community that still don't know you, put their faith and trust in you, just like what we've seen this morning, and that we get to be a part of not just building a building, but building a legacy with eternal value. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we celebrate those accepting Christ this morning? Welcome them into God's family. Amen. Amen. If you made a decision for Christ this morning, please let us know about that on your connection card. Drop it in the offering bucket so we can continue to pray for you. If you're a first-time guest, thanks for being our guest this morning. Hopefully you filled out your guest connection card. You can drop that in the offering bucket when it goes by. Again, guests, we are not interested in your money today, but we're definitely interested in getting to know you. So please uh, turn in that guest connection card. We'll send you a thank you note and a free gift in the mail just for being our guest. If you are a first-time guest, I'd love the opportunity to meet you today. I'll be at the white uh, tent as soon as you go out in the courtyard. I'll be standing there so I'd love to meet you or if you've been coming to the church recently and I've not yet had the privilege to meet you stop by and so next week we get to make our legacy commitments it's going to be a historic amazing day in the life of Orchard Church so you don't want to miss it next Sunday let's stand as we respond in a song of worship worship through our giving love you Orchard Church God bless you guys for being here have a great day